So tonight I um, thought, man, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be a double shot tonight. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to just touch on a few things. So I might just be a light espresso. <laughs> Um, grace and peace to you from our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please can you open up your Bibles. I'm going to be reading from the book of 1 John 2, verse 3 to, to 11. And I will be using the New King James Version. Um, simply because... Since I've been doing the biblical Hebrew, I have found that it's much closer to the original um, translations. So 1 John is close to the end of your Bible. First you have Revelation, Jude, and then 1, 2, and 3, John. Starting at verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly, the love of God is perfected by, in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brothers, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you. Which thing is true in him and in you? Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for all your goodness and your mercy and your kindness towards us. You are good and everything that you do is good, Lord. We praise all glory to you. May your name be exalted through every single one of us. Thank you for your word and thank you that it's always fresh and there's always something for us to learn. Thank you for your patience with us. You are full of compassion towards your people. And my prayer tonight is for every single person here hearing your word, that they will be blessed. You see them even in the most intimate places of their heart, where they allow no one, and sometimes even to scare to go themselves. You love us even in that place, Lord. I pray that you will fill my mouth with your words. Speak to your people through my mouth. May they be blessed, encouraged, strengthened, even convicted and challenged if necessary. Let us not stay where we are, but move in the power of your Holy Spirit. Raise up your sons and daughters, Lord. Teach us to fight the good fight of love and never grow weary in doing good. May you be glorified before all men. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Mm. So our focus will be on verse 5 and 6 from our passage. But whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. 
By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. When I was reading this scripture, the word perfected stood out to me, and I was like, oh, perfected. So normally we would think that something has moved from an imperfect and flawed state to a flawless perfection. But the original word in Greek, which is teleo, means as a course or a race that it's finished or completed, or as of time that it is accomplished. So it would be fair to say that something is finished, completed, or accomplished. So it's reached its goal. For example, a fruit tree, when it bears fruit, it has reached its purpose. Now it has been perfected. So for the love of God to be perfected in us, if we break this verse down, we will see that it is when we keep his word and meditate on on the word. It is when we abide in him, when we are in him, and when we walk as he walked and becoming like Christ. So I'm really just going to touch on these three points for you tonight. Keep his word, meditate on the word. So, you know, it's really important to know the word because how will you recognize a lie if you do not know the truth? Yeah, so... um, (laughs) I'm going to use scripture to prove to you the importance of the word. So I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to use a few um, scriptures. You don't need to page to them, but I will just use them. Um, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So to know God, we need to know his word. Yeah. Second one, John eight thirty one to 32 Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed, so these are the people who believe in Jesus. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then on following on from that, 14 verse 6a, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So abiding in the word, let us know what the truth is, and Jesus is the truth. And then another good example is Luke 4, verse 1 to 12, where Jesus was led into the desert by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan. What did Jesus use to resist Satan? The Word. Yeah. And then in Ephesians 6, where we talk about the armor, we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's part of our armor. How can you enter into a battle if you do not have a sword? Yeah. <laughs> so we need to know the word to need to know Jesus' commandments because how can we be obedient to his commandments when we do not know them? Mark 4, verse 1 to 20, Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. And on verse 20, the ones sown on good ground are those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. So we need to know the word in order to bear fruit. So for myself, I know that the Holy Spirit will use Scripture to talk to me. So I know he's God and he can use anything to speak to you. But if you want to grow up and mature, you need to know the word. Because how will his words become your words if you do not know his words? Yeah. So to meditate on the word is to think on a 
on something over and over. And I like the analogy of a cow that uses, <laughs> they chews the grass and then, you know, they form these little balls in their cheeks. And then later on when they stand and stare into oblivion, <laughs> they take it out and they chew it again. It's the same, you know, with the word. You read it and then you think on it over and over. So for myself, what I do is, when I read a passage, sometimes I'll start in the New Testament, and before I know it, I'm in the Old Testament, and then there's a word that the Lord shows me, and I'm like, oh, what does this word mean? And then he shows me something, something I won't even, sometimes I won't even realize what it means, and I'll have to think about it over and over, and later that day or later that week, while I'm having a conversation with him, he'll all of a sudden just give me the revelation of what that word means. But the thing is, if I wasn't being in the word, then I wouldn't have had that revelation and I would have missed out. So um, some time ago also, I, was, I had a friend that visited us and in our old house I had in the passage, I had a photo wall, you know, where you put all your nice memories of special occasions and all the special people in your life. And, and so she was like, oh, this is so lovely. And, but I don't think I want to put photos of myself on the wall because it feels like self-love. And I'm like, oh, um, okay. But it wasn't actually that because it's memories. It's special moments to me that meant something to me. And later that day, I was having a conversation with the Lord, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I really love you. I would have loved to put a photo of you on there. And his reply was, you've got my word. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. So and I want to say to you, if you struggle to spend time in the word or you do not have the desire to do so, don't let the enemy condemn you. Just ask Jesus. He will help you. He wants you to know him better. He wants you to have a desire for his word. You don't need to do this on your own. Also, don't be, let it become a chore. It really is a joyous occasion, spending time with Jesus. He would love for you to ask because he wants you to know him better. Rightio. So, for love to be perfected, we need to keep his word. Second one, we need to abide in him. So, abide means to not depart, not to leave, or continue to be present. Jesus uses in John 15 the illustration of the vine and the branches. So if I don't know if you know the process of grafting. So basically what grafting is, is when they take a branch to add it to the vine, they cut, it's like a, almost like a triangle cut. So they cut in and out, and then they do the mirror image in your branch. And when that cut is done really well, the branch will sit on the vine without you even having to tie them on. It will be just a perfect fit. Yeah, and then you have two things that's happening. This branch now pushes its roots into the vine, and it actually becomes one with the vine. The vine then, secondly, pushes its sap into the branch to bear fruit and have new leaves. 
And it's such a cool picture because when we abide in the word, we push our roots into Jesus and he then pushes the sap, which is the Holy Spirit, into us and we bear fruit. It's important to spend time in the word because this is how we become one with him. You know, Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9 says, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, how will we come in alignment with God if we do not know his word? Because his word is his thoughts, and we need to come in alignment with that to see the power of that in our lives. John 15, 7 to 11, we see what happens when we abide in Christ. Jesus says, if you abide in me and in my words, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As my Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my life. Love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So when we abide, we can ask anything we desire and it will be done for us. The Father is glorified through that. By abiding, we bear fruit. By abiding, we are being recognized as Jesus' disciples. We will remain in Jesus' love. And, his, um, and through, we will be obedient just as what Christ was. And we will align with his words and his thoughts. Yeah, we need to abide in Jesus. Yeah. So, and then the third one is we need to walk as he walked. And that means to become like Christ. John 15, Jesus 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So, we bear fruit when we abide. And the fruit that um, Jesus refers to is the fruits of the Spirit which we find in Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So I've been meditating a lot on most of these scriptures. And then um, the Holy Spirit said to me, well, now that you have the fruits of the Spirit, you have to walk in them. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And I suppose it shouldn't have been such a big revelation as it was. But then that got me thinking, that means that I have to be kind and gentle in all situations to all people, no matter what, you know. It means it's not something that I put on on certain times to be a good Christian, it's who I am, and I'm always the same. 
you know, I don't have a list of people I like and I don't like. I don't call people names. I'm not irritated with them. Yeah, fruits of the Spirit, walk in them. You know, the, and then I thought, well, the human thing to do is that we all try and do the fruits of the Spirit. You know, it's like such a fleshly thing we do. And then we get tired and angry with God because we fail and we allow the enemy to condemn us for not getting it right. But the thing is that Jesus, all the things he asks of us, we cannot do out of our own. We need him. We need Jesus. Mm. You know, and the other thing um, Paul talks about in the fruits is that we need to die to self in order to live in the spirit. I like what Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20. It's one of my favorite verses. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave me himself, himself for me. So how do I die to myself? Our natural human nature is full of pride and selfishness. And the more of it we have, the less likely we are to admit to it and to see it. You know, I'm not saying to think ill of yourself, but if we look at the Apostle Paul, as he was maturing in Christ, he went from least of all the apostles to less than the least of all the saints, which is all the believers. And then shortly before he died, he said of himself to be the chief of all sinners. You see, to die to self is to know Christ more. And the more you get to know him, the more you know your own sinfulness and your desperate need for him and him alone. And when you are in that place of fully realizing who you are, you don't judge others. You can love them even as they are and exactly where they're at. Because Jesus is love and we become like him. We become one with him. So what does this love look like? We find it in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. Love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, it hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. This is how Jesus loves you and me, and that's how he commands us to love others. I can think of many examples where we fail to love, because the reason, I believe, is that we allow the world to shape our thinking and not the word of God. The word is completely upside down from what the world tells us. And that's why it's so important to know the word. Meditate on it, abide in Christ, and become like him. That's how we change our homes, our communities, our towns, and our country. We don't look to others. We only look to Christ. We live a life fully dependent on him. Because all things we created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. To live a life fully submitted to him and his will is not to try things in your own strength. 
One thing you have to do is choose. We choose every day over and over. We choose him over our circumstances. We choose him over our pride and we choose him over our selfishness. We choose to love others even when it is hard. We choose to love them even when it doesn't suit my schedule. We choose to love them when, even when it seems so incredibly unfair because we know only God is fair and our trust is in him. And then I suppose I want to ask you, how does loving that particular difficult person in your life compare to what Jesus did for you? Dying on the cross, beaten, spat on, ridiculed, having a thorn of crowns pushed into his head. How does what you're facing compare to that? You know, I don't believe it was easy for one moment for Jesus to do through all of that, go through all of that, but he did that because of his love for us and his love for the Father and choosing to be obedient in that. We ought to be the same. Always choose obedience to God, to love others even when it comes at a cost. Because through that, he is glorified. I am actually coming to a close. I've gone really fast through this. <laughs> I've just like... <laughs> so if we can just get Quentin on the... Mm. You know, when I was preparing this scripture, I was reminded of a revelation that the Lord gave me. And that was that we struggle to love people in the areas where we have not been perfected in love. Mm. So all those things about other people that irritate you, somewhere inside you have not allowed the love of God to penetrate that place with his love. Offense. If you are offended, easily or otherwise, rightly or not, there's something in your heart that has caused you to take offense. Jesus was never once offended when they ridiculed him, when they spat on him, when they beaten him up. He was never once offended. I'm not saying that what that person done is right, but when you allow offense to come into your heart that grows into bitterness, resentment, and eventually unforgiveness. And that is what the enemy uses as bait to get to your heart. And he will use it over and over and over to hurt you. And you will be in bondage. Don't fall for that trap. Jesus has so much more for you. If I harbor offense in my heart, it will prevent me from loving as Christ has loved me. Because everything I'll do will be carry, well, that will be tainted by the offense that I carry. I want to ask you all now to close your eyes and just ask the Lord in that place where you're at, just ask Him to reveal to you what is it in your heart that's preventing you from loving that particular difficult person in your life. You know, what is it that prevents you from loving in those difficult situations? 
just allow him to show you. And remember, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Jesus is standing with his arms wide open, wanting you to bring it all to him. Invite him into that place so that he can heal your heart, so that you can be set free from that. I've got one last question. You can keep your eyes closed. Stay in that place where it's just you and the Lord. My question to you is, is Jesus at the center of your life? Or is he someone that you fit in when you have time? Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Ask God to show you if you are not sure where you're at with the Lord. If there's things that you find that's more important than the Lord in your life, ask Him to show you. invite you up if you want to commit your life again to Jesus if you need to recommit or you just need to come up for prayer we'd love to pray with you Jesus is the truth the way and the life he's inviting you into that His arms are wide open. It's for everyone. Amen. Awesome, awesome word. Can I get the band back up, please? I think we're going to...